This is the Short-Term Parking Podcast, and I am Jack Prebeck, and we are all just passing through. A right, in the abstract, is a fact. It is not a thing to be given, established, or conferred. It is. Of the exercise of a right, power may deprive me. Of the right itself, never. And that quote is from Voltairine de Clare from 1890. The economic tendency of free thought. Free thought is one word. What I've read of uh, Voltairine de Clare's work, I really like because I admire her ability to distill thought to break it down to the essence and it's interesting that that quote a little while back I got into a sort of argument on Twitter with somebody and uh, she was defending Eric Clapton because uh, she brought up uh, some pop singer, a young lady pop singer, said that Eric Clapton's music was mediocre. And I don't want to get into a whole big thing about this, but uh, she was defending Eric Clapton. And she uh, used the phrase that this pop singer had not earned the right to talk negatively about a legend like Eric Clapton. And I replied and I said, uh, well, you know, rights aren't earned. They exist. You cannot uh, grant somebody a right. And it's not uh, at all different from what Voltairine de Clare said. It's not a thing to be given, established, or conferred. Anyway, the lady I was arguing with blocked me on Twitter over this. And it uh, got me to thinking that people, I think misunderstand rights for the most part and I think they don't really want to engage in the thought process of what rights really are and in my you know time any time this subject has come up it seems to be a sore spot Rights are fundamental and few. The government cannot give you a right. They cannot manufacture a right. 
they can prevent you your rights, but they cannot prevent that they exist. The state can use the ruse that they are protecting your rights as the definition of the state is an entity that has a monopoly on violence in a given geographical area. So the state can say, well, we can use our uh, power of coercion, threats, and violence to make sure that somebody else doesn't take you right away. The state shall protect, in other words. But they cannot manufacture rights, and they cannot hand them to you. You hear the phrase, God-given rights, natural rights, rights of man. In essence, the rights exist. Few that they are. They existed before the state, before governments, and they are fundamental. The primary right is the right to self-ownership. The right to do with one's self what they wish. And you either believe that exists or you believe that it does not exist. All other rights stem from the right to self-ownership. You would be very hard-pressed to find somebody that is pro-slavery because fundamentally... They know that it's not right for somebody to own somebody else. In that, they would believe in self-ownership in that respect. However, the same person may say that in the future, if and when there is a COVID vaccine that the government should be able to mandate that everyone take the vaccine. And that would eclipse the right to self-ownership. If somebody doesn't want to take the vaccine, they are not uh, afforded that right any longer. That right is taken away. So you either believe in self-ownership, the right to self-ownership, or you do not. If one has self-ownership, then it stands to reason that they have the right to protect themselves. If somebody else or some entity wants to do harm to them, they have the right to protect themselves from harm. Once again, simple and fundamental. But after that, things get a little tricky. Because next is the big one, is property rights. Does a person have the right to own property? And as an extension of that, do they have the right to protect that property if somebody is trying to uh, 
take it away from them or harm the property. And past that, you get, you know, you can find several rabbit holes, the right to travel freely. And you can uh, go into uh, looking into English law and natural law and the legal definition of a driver and a vehicle. And it's easy to uh, slide into what they call sovereign citizen territory. But I'm not wishing to delve into that today. I want to concentrate on the right to self-ownership. The right to protect oneself. And a little bit about property rights. However, I should insert that, you know, all these things are related. Uh, If you impede the right to travel freely someone's ability to get from point A to point B, you may very well be taking away somebody's right to protect themselves. If the forest is on fire or the land is flooding, you need to get away from it. That sort of thing. But for now, let's stick with the big three. The right to self-ownership, the right to self-protection, and property rights. If you are a believer in the first two, things become distilled and the outlook becomes clear instantly. You can cite the Constitution and debate something like the Second Amendment infinitely. The unfortunate wording of the Second Amendment. I remember years and years ago, I had a long discussion with an acquaintance of mine who was a self-professed Marxist. And we got into the Second Amendment thing. And he pointed out to me that I wasn't really very familiar with it. And in fact, I had uh, not retained that knowledge. And he pointed out this business of the well-regulated militia. And I will admit that at that time, I was stumped. Stumped by a Marxist. Had I been thinking clearly, had my thoughts been more distilled, I would have realized that the Second Amendment is nothing more than a poor attempt to somehow regulate the right to defend oneself. There is no need for the Second Amendment. The right to oneself exists, as does the right to protect oneself. It exists, and as Ms. DeClaire said, the state might use the power of coercion, violence, or threat of violence to deprive you of that right. But they cannot... It cannot make that right not exist. The right exists in nature. All around you, species are protecting themselves from others that wish to do harm. It just exists. It is. Equality doesn't exist in nature. Species 
aren't all equal to each other and members of individual species aren't equal to each other. But the right to protect oneself against another being, even if they're more powerful, exists. may not be successful, but you have the right to at least attempt to protect yourself. And that is as close to equality as you will ever get. The first two rights I mentioned, the right to oneself, the right to self-ownership, and the right to protect oneself. Protection, as it's been said and pointed out many times, is the great equalizer. Were the founding fathers talking about AR-15 when they uh, came up with the Second Amendment? Doesn't matter. You have the natural right to protect yourself and you're going to use what you need to do that, to that end. The Second Amendment is a red herring. The right to assemble. The right to peacefully protest. Red herrings. I heard somebody the other day say, uh, we're in per- perpetual 1968. And I forget who that was that said that but the point is I didn't come up with the phrase but I like it what has all this protest accomplished what has protest ever accomplished 50 years ago they were marching in protest for civil rights and the civil rights bill was passed but you cannot legislate rights into existence they're either there they exist or not You have the natural right to protect yourself if the police are targeting you or a group, a race you belong to. And that is the state using their monopoly on violence to usurp your right, to take your right away, to take away your right to defend yourself. And as a matter of fact, from what I've heard, gun ownership in the black community has increased by a very great rate over the last year. You know, in that respect, if uh, you're a believer in the government and their ability to protect, you might want to embrace that Second Amendment. Because like I said before, that's as close to equality as you're ever going to get. You know, there, I have no doubt there is systemic racism. There is a lot of inherent corruption and flaws within the system. And I don't think you're going to protest those flaws and that corruption away. And I don't think you're going to legislate uh, racism away. You can't legislate thought. If the system is corrupt... It's corrupt from within, and you're not going to fix it from within. The system needs to change. And it will. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen quickly. And it's not going to be visible to a lot of people. It's not going to be visibly changing. It's changing now, and... The majority of people aren't aware of it. 
you know, going back to Voltaire Declare, she uh, used the term uh, anarchy without adjectives. And of course, once again, anarchy meaning without rulers, self-ownership. See, there are lots of possibilities in how to conduct a society, a rulerless society. There's different ways it can theoretically be done. But there's a common ground in that there are people who wish to not have rulers. And those people will agree in the right to self-ownership and the right to self-protection. They may differ in the ideas of property rights, property ownership. But they will agree in the non-aggression principle, at least in the context of the right to uh, protect oneself, and by extension, of course, one's family. But anarchy without adjectives, anarchy without hyphens, is really a way of saying, you know, when we get to a rulerless society, we will be able to coexist, regardless of whether you believe that Property ownership is just another construct. And I know people who, who think that way. They tend to still find a little piece of the planet to exist on. And they improve on that place that in which they live, their residence, the roof over their head. But the belief is that they never truly own it. And that legal ownership of property is a function of the state. And maybe that they are the stewards of the property while they are here. The common belief, the common principle amongst anarchists is the non-aggression principle. And that would apply whether you believe in a right to property ownership or not. And what you will hear mostly if you talk about any of these ideas is people that say you're having a pipe dream or you have a utopian ideal and it's never going to happen. And this is more of uh, this notion that we are somehow able to fix a corrupt fundamentally flawed system within a corrupt and fundamentally flawed system. People don't want to discuss a rulerless society and the objection is that it can't possibly happen. So we need to fix the one we've got by playing by the rules. But what's going to happen, what is happening, will resemble and does resemble 
what uh, Samuel Edward Konkin III talked about when he introduced his philosophy of agorism, which involves voluntary exchanges between individuals and what he called counter-economics. Basically, that people will use black markets or gray markets when it suits them, when it's uh, more convenient than going through the state-approved and regulated options. And of course, this has been going on forever. If you've ever uh, made a cash transaction or uh, gauged in barter, then you're potentially in a gray market if you so desire. The idea being that if you choose, that activity is not uh, able to be tracked. And of course, there are many examples of peaceful uses of black markets that are as common as dirt. And of course, speaking about things like People who choose to smoke pot, even in states where it's illegal. And of course, it's actually still federally illegal. And people will naturally tend towards these things as the state encroaches more and more on their basic natural rights. Cryptocurrency developed, a lot of people say, directly from uh, Conkin's idea of agorism and the idea that there are options beyond a state-controlled currency and a central banking system. People will find a way to get around that stuff. If they're uh, pushed to a certain point or if they decide it's just more convenient to do something else it's just an extension of self-ownership I'm going to put in my body what I wish to put in my body I am going to engage in transactions with who I wish to engage in transactions with and at the end of the day the evils that are associated with black markets and gray markets, horrific things that uh, people point to, they all exist within the corrupt system, within the flawed system that we have, that we have currently. You don't need to look any further than the great list of uh, very powerful people that were associated with or involved with the uh, the likes of uh, Jeffrey Epstein or Jimmy Savile, all of the CIA drug trafficking stuff, the fact that the U.S. government is the largest weapons dealer in the world, all of these things exist neatly in the corrupt and flawed system. All of these black market activities are all condoned by the very system.
And I am just touching on some very weighty issues here, some very heavy things. But the key to changing the system comes with a realization of these very basic natural rights. The right to self-ownership, the right to self-protection, and also the practice and promotion of the non-aggression principle. Those are the keys. Not as the old saying goes, the keys to the kingdom, they're the keys to the non-kingdom. Oh yeah, that makes me think of something. One of my favorite aphorisms, I think that's what I'll go with here, from the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. By cultivating, these are, these are the four keys, according to Patanjali. By cultivating attitudes of friendliness toward the happy, compassion for the unhappy, delight in the virtuous, and disregard toward the wicked, the mind stuff retains its un, undisturbed calmness. So be friendly to the happy, show compassion for the unhappy, Delight in the virtuous and disregard the wicked. And I'm going to leave it at that for this week. And I I would like to point out that I am optimistic. This isn't meant to be, you know, a dire warning, any of this stuff. And I have faith in people of faith in humanity. I think there are the number of good people far outnumber the evil as potentially put it and so uh that's what i got for today as always on the short term parking podcast we end with some music and today i'm going to feature the final track on my recent album the album is called trespass And the song is called A Bridge Can Change Everything. A Bridge Can Change Everything.